0: From Light Switch Podcasts in Boston, this is not Serial. You're listening to And You Believe That. I'm Jordan Wald. You might be wondering if I'm legally allowed to use the intro music from Serial, and to answer that, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure as long as I credit it, and the person who made that's name is Nick Thorburn, I think, I think what I did was legal, under fair use or something like that. Anyway, welcome to And You Believe That. The definition of a cult is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Uh, Now, legally I can't say whether or not Scientology is a cult. I can say I think it's definitely a cult, but I can't claim as fact that this organization is a cult. I can also say that yesterday I attended a church of Scientology in Quincy, Massachusetts and I went in with as open of a mind as possible. I tried to get rid of all of the preconceived notions I had about the religion, and I tried to go in and give it a shot. And soon you'll find out if I was even a little bit won over. But first, sponsors. This episode of And You Believe That is not sponsored by Audible.com. If you're a fan of podcasts, you know what Audible is. Audible Audiobooks, I was about to say free audiobooks, but they're not free. You have to pay a lot for each book, actually. I think more than you would in a general bookstore. Um, But the subscription to Audible is really cool, and you get a bunch of free credits to start out with. And you can use those credits to get some free audiobooks, and that's a lot of fun. I personally don't love audiobooks, but when they're free, you know, they're fine. Uh, For a narrative book, it's not so great. But audiobooks are a lot of fun if you're reading a memoir or something like that. And also, if you say you want to cancel your Audible account, they'll often offer you several months of the service at a greatly reduced price. You can do this like at least two or three times, and it's a real way to con Audible out of money. Anyway, Audible, I would love for you to sponsor this show. Now, let's get started. A question that a rational person would be asking themselves right now is, Why would Jordan Wold go to the Church of Scientology? I mean, the easy answer is that I wanted to do this for the podcast, but that's not really true. I didn't plan on going there and recording an episode about it initially. Initially, I just wanted to do that because I thought it would be funny. Um, Don't go to the Church of Scientology because you think it would be funny. That's way too far to go for a joke. It's not worth it. And you'll get a few chuckles out of the experience, sure, but it's overall not that funny. Uh, It was really interesting, though, and I'm glad I went. And I'm also really glad that I survived. I don't have an interview for this episode. In the future, I do plan on doing what I did, like, with the pilot, like when I interviewed Melissa the Psychic. I would love to interview a former Scientologist. That would be fun. I mean, the dream would be to interview a practicing Scientologist, but thats they wouldn't do that. They'd be labeled an SP if they did that. And an SP is a suppressive person. Uh, Now, instead of an interview, what I'm going to do is go through my whole experience from beginning to end. So, if you were looking forward to hearing someone else besides me, I'm sorry, but almost everyone in, in the world is not me. So maybe this show just isn't for you if you don't want to hear me talk for a while. I don't have a whole lot prepared. I have some notes, but I'm really just going to ramble, and we're going to see what happens, and I hope you enjoy it. So the Church of Scientology is located in Quincy, Massachusetts, and that's public information, so I can say that. That's not slander. It is in Quincy. Um, and it's on the third floor of a building in which... On the bottom floor, there's like this weird smoothie shop and I went in and I asked the person working there where the Church of Scientology was and they looked at me like I was a Scientologist and they said they didn't know but then before I left they said I think it's on the third floor which they contradicted themselves pretty hard there Um, I went up to the third floor and I entered a reception area and it was a really nice lobby There were several stacks of Scientology magazines. Um, It was Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard's birthday a couple days ago, I think, or yesterday. So they had a giant sign-up, and there was an L. Ron Hubbard birthday event happening at some hotel later that day, I believe. Um, But I went up to the receptionist, and I told her that I'd called a couple weeks ago to ask if I could just stop by sometime to learn more. And I was expecting, in the initial phone call, I was expecting sort of an icy response because, understandably, based on their portrayal in the media, Scientologists, they have reason to be skeptical of people uh, saying they want to learn more about their religion. Uh, But this woman on the phone and in person, I think she was the same one. I assume the Church of Scientology doesn't employ more than one receptionist. Um, But she just... She was really pro me coming there and learning more about the Church of Scientology. That being said, when I showed up there, I apparently was interrupting a phone call she was on. So I sat down for another several minutes, and an elderly woman came in and sat next to me and was very loud on her cell phone. She wasn't talking to anyone. She was just tapping buttons, and it bothers me when people go to a public place and they have the sound on on their iPhones. That's a bothersome thing. Don't do that. Uh, But eventually, the woman got off the phone and we talked a little bit more. She sized me up, uh, asked what my name was, and then she sent out a young man. I won't use his real name. Let's call him Aaron. Aaron's basically what his name was, even though it wasn't. His name doesn't sound anything like Aaron. What I'm saying is, if you were planning on naming your child Aaron, what his real name is would also probably be on the shortlist for other names. And that's about as specific as I'm going to get. But eventually, Aaron came out and introduced himself to me. And what I was most impressed about was the Church of Scientology is not really growing. And this is just an educated guess, but it really doesn't seem like young people especially are joining the church, especially since the documentary and movie Going Clear are so popular and they point out a lot of things about the church. It really doesn't seem like someone like me would generally be apt to show up to the Church of Scientology and appear interested. But what I was really impressed about Aaron was that he acted like a pro. He initially behaved as though people, you know, show up all the time like me. He sort of had a whole pitch prepared, and it didn't feel rehearsed or anything like that, but it, it seemed like something he was trained to do and had practiced already. And that was impressive. Uh, But I was initially taken to a long, narrow room that had only a couple chairs in it. And on the other end was a large plasma screen television. And Aaron sat us down in two chairs in the room. And I think he was interrogating me here to figure out what my true intentions were. And I'm not a good actor, but I acted the hell out of this whole experience. And I really... I really sold that I was interested in Scientology, I think. Uh, But Aaron asked about my background and I didn't really lie to him. I told him about my religious upbringing and though I'm not really interested in joining uh, the Church of Scientology, I was honest about um, what I gained from my background and what I'm looking to get from life and experiencing other worldviews. I don't think I Claimed anything that was untrue, other than me being interested in joining the Church of Scientology. Um, but what Aaron said was that Scientology is, is it's an applied philosophy. He claimed that he didn't want to bash any other religions, but then uh, he proceeded to bash other religions uh, by saying that people of all different sorts of sects and denominations, but. He used the Christian church as an example. He claimed those within the Christian church will often read the Bible and consider it important to them, but they won't apply teachings from that book to their life. And that was a solid point. A lot of people do that uh, with any religion. They behave as though a certain text is their guidebook and that's their reference point for their worldview, but then they act differently. I thought that was a really good point. And he talked to me about how What he claimed is that Scientology can help you grow as an individual with specific areas in your life that you want to grow in. Uh, Like I lied to him and said that I have poor work ethic and I would like to get better at that. So then he told me that there are specific techniques in Scientology about like the science of study and other motivation courses that I could take that I wouldn't even necessarily have to believe in any sort of Scientology-based higher power or anything like that to gain from it. What he claimed was that you can have your own mindset and your own belief system and still be considered a member of the Church of Scientology. And though my readings and investigation into the Church make me believe that's true to an extent, I do think Aaron was lying to me a bit here. Uh, But after this, he asked me point blank if I want to continue to learn more, and I said yes. So he took me down a hallway, and we walked past a room that had a lot of Scientology iconography and figures. It looked sort of like a pastor or a priest's office, but I don't know if Scientologists have... Do you think they have priests? They must they wouldn't say pastor, I bet they would say priest or high priest or something like that. Uh, But we walked past that room, and he took me into a room that had several chairs in it, um, and it looked like it was maybe a place used for worship, or if they have that, they do. They must have weekly worship if they're a church. There was a, a podium that had a cross on it, but there were four little triangular spikes coming off of the center of each uh, bar on the cross. So I asked about that, and Aaron told me that those were the eight dynamics, and he could only remember one or two of them at the time, but I looked them up. And the eight dynamics in Scientology are the self, creativity, sex, and procreation, group, society, community, species, survival, Life forms in general, matter, energy, space, and time, spirit, and infinity or supreme being. And he didn't go really into detail here, so let's, let's look this up. Oh, yeah, he explained this a little bit. The eight dynamics are eight measures for survival that all human beings have, and Aaron also referred to these as the eight urges which I find interesting because the Wikipedia page here, which I assume is infallible, doesn't refer to these as urges, but he used the word urges a lot and made it seem as though that's what people within the church refer to these as. Um, But then once we were done talking about that, oh, and he also got really weird about the cross, because when I initially asked him about that, I mentioned that it resembles the Christian cross a lot, which it does, it just looks a lot like the Christian cross. And he was like, oh, well, you know, Christians didn't invent the cross. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware that Christians did not invent the cross. I wasn't claiming that they did that. But anyway, after this brief conversation, Aaron, he, we talked a little bit about what I wanted to do with my life, and I didn't lie to him here. I told him I'd like to be a screenwriter. I was honest about that. And then he told me a little bit about how Scientology is especially helpful for those in the creative field, but he didn't expand on that more until later. Uh, but he, what he initially wanted to do here was show me several videos on Scientology. Each of them were seven or eight minutes long, and they, they were just really poorly produced. Interestingly enough, two of these videos I had already seen, I watched these on the Scientology website but I acted like I had never seen them before, which made it very difficult to not start laughing at one brief scene in one of the videos in particular. But these videos that he showed me were... um, The first one was the emotional tone scale. And what he said here before showing me the video was that everyone has their own chronic tone, and that... Good things shoot you up on the tone scale and bad things shoot you down on the tone scale. But generally, you have your own place. And there were a certain number of different places on the tone scale, like the very bottom is apathy and the very top is enthusiasm. Right right below enthusiasm was cheerfulness, stuff like that. And in this video, it showed how you can use the tone scale to predict what other people will do if you have and believe in the tone scale you can see oh that person's chronic tone scale is covert hostileness which I found interesting because covert hostility it's not I don't think that was that low but that was right at the bottom of the tone scale I don't remember if it was above or below apathy but like being covertly hostile is It's definitely not positive, but I think being a murderous psychopath is probably a lot worse than being kind of catty with people. But this video showed a lot of examples of people who have different chronic tone scales, and after the video was done, he explained to me that apparently the only way to truly change your chronic tone scale is through Scientology which I find very interesting because almost everybody is not a Scientologist. Um, And I think a lot of people are okay without Scientology. But what he explained was, yes, you will feel good, you'll feel bad without Scientology, but the only way to consistently change your tone scale for the future is by becoming a Scientologist and understanding the tone scale. And he told me, That he was raised in Scientology, but he didn't truly become a Scientologist until five or six years ago, and he said he was 23. And he claimed personally that his mood, his chronic tone scale, shot right up when he initially bought into Scientology, but after that it was slower. And his growth has been... It's been progressing, but it hasn't been as drastic as it was when he initially joined up, which I found interesting because... I mean, I didn't believe what he was saying, but he... I appreciated that he didn't go overboard by saying that he's doing great all the time now because of the tone scale, because that would be ridiculous. I mean, I think it's ridiculous anyway, but, you know. Uh, The people in the study room next to me are being awfully loud, but whatever. The next video he showed me was the study of... the technology of study. And he claimed that Scientology... L. Ron Hubbard specifically found the three blockages that prevent people from being, from understanding any sort of subject or mastering, becoming experts at anything. And he talked about how his friend designs websites, and his friend was designing a website for a company that apparently wrote somewhere that they wouldn't accept college graduates, they wouldn't accept students who had been studying. Uh, certain subjects for even eight years, if they had a master's or a Ph.D., because they didn't feel that those students were ready yet. And Aaron told me that that's ridiculous. If you studied something for eight years, you should be ready. You should be able to get employed in the subject you're studying. And to a certain extent, I agree, but also school isn't everything, and you might need some experience before you're ready to work in the thing that you got a degree in. But anyway, Aaron told me that if the education system adopted the study techniques, everyone would be experts. And this video wasn't insane. It had a lot of just practical, helpful tips. But they were so practical that a lot of people probably apply these already. And L. Ron Hubbard didn't exactly come onto to anything groundbreaking here. Like one of the things that stop people from learning is in the video it was called too steep a gradient which means that it's hard for you to learn the next step of something because the previous step wasn't learned correctly so you fail at step three because you didn't learn step two and obviously yeah that makes sense Um, and another thing was when studying and reading you'll often do poorly because you miss one word and then keep reading and the misunderstood word makes it more difficult for you to understand the rest of the text. And again, obviously, yeah, how would how would misunderstanding a word have any other effect? Um, But that video was... it was practical, it was fine, there was nothing... there was nothing too wacky there. But Aaron told me that he wished that he'd had these study techniques when he was in college but if he's 23 we can assume he probably graduated college roughly a year ago and if he became a Scientologist six years ago and these study techniques have been around for 50-60 years he really should have known this going into college so if you got poor grades that's on you Aaron come on on the next video I was shown was the cause of suppression And suppression is when people are trying to, as the Scientologist put it, squash you down. And sort of, there'll be a burden on you and make it more difficult for you to achieve what you want to achieve. The video showed a lot of people just straight up being dicks to other people. And the video claims that only one in five people, about 80% of the population are social personalities and 20% are antisocial personalities. And social personalities are just normal good people who are looking out for themselves but not actively trying to harm others. But antisocial people, which are apparently 20% of us, are actively looking to destroy everyone. And the video showed them as over-the-top comic book villains. And I didn't really buy this because I truly don't believe that one in every five people is an active sociopath, as the video implied. But again, it wasn't insane the whole time. This video pointed out a lot of relationships that may be codependent or pointed out a lot of situations in which an individual may not realize that another person is putting them down and stopping them from achieving their goal. But overall, I think they were greatly exaggerating suppression and how frequent it is. After this video, uh, Aaron started to get a little weird with me because he talked about a lot of famous people who weren't Scientologists, but he pointed out the examples of Michael Jackson and Robin Williams, and he claimed that suppression, people trying to put them down or squash them, was what eventually led to their deaths. And when he referred to Michael Jackson, for example, he claimed that the allegations of child molestation were solely existed to put him down, to destroy Michael Jackson. And that with the timeline Aaron put out there, it was like these allegations came out and then Michael Jackson immediately died. He claimed that these allegations are what led to Michael Jackson's demise which I just found strange. Whether or not you think Michael Jackson molested children, there were several years between his not guilty verdict and him dying. It was just a strange comment of him to make. Uh, And then he got on to Robin Williams and claimed that Robin Williams was doing great. There's no reason for him to have died. He was relatively young. He was doing extremely well. And then suddenly a psychiatrist prescribed him 12 different medications to take at once. And that's why Robin Williams died. Now, I'm not clear on what exactly led to Robin Williams' death, but that's no psychiatrist, no doctor would prescribe 12 different medications for you to take at once. I don't believe that doesn't make any sense because, of course, you would die from that. But also, he was just plainly wrong about what had been happening in Robin Williams' life at that time. Uh, His friends, Robin Williams' friends and family, had talked about how he had been long battling depression, and that was something that had been plaguing him. And I'm not exactly sure what disease it was. I believe he may have had early onset Parkinson's disease, and that was apparently distressing him a great deal. There was some disease that was actively hurting Robin Williams and Aaron was claiming that he had been on top of the world and then suddenly he died and that just quite plainly was not true so that was really interesting to me that he would blatantly lie about the reasons for two celebrities deaths Um, but then the other video he showed me was effective communication and this one was probably the least controversial It just stated that you need to be clear when you want to get something. You need to be clear if you want people to understand you. This was overall a pretty good video, I'll admit. So, uh, top-notch work on this effective communications video Scientologist. But after these videos, Aaron and I talked a little bit more and then he offered me a brochure on study techniques and I wanted to be polite so I said, yeah. And then he said, okay, $5. And one, I didn't have cash on me. And also, I'm not going to give money to the Church of Scientology. That just would not sit well with me, and I wouldn't feel good about that, even if it were just $2. I think that would be wrong. Uh, but Aaron, he didn't press me very hard, but he did at one point ask me, do you have any money at all? Which was a little strange, because it, to me that implied that Any money I would have given him, he would have accepted for the brochure, which was a little bit odd, because at that point, why don't you just give me the brochure? But anyway, once he found I didn't have any money, I was promptly shown the door, and it wasn't like I was kicked out, but he just started leading me out. And he really didn't press me that much at the end. I think he started to get the sense that I wasn't too into it, I was only able to act well for so long. And at the end, he was very polite. He said it was nice to meet me, and he's glad I came by to learn more, and then he suggested that I read Dianetics, which is it's the book that's the foundation for Scientology. But of course he did not offer me the book because he was clearly able to see that I wouldn't have had the $40 to pay for it. But yeah, that was my experience. So overall, what fascinates me most about it is that I certainly felt a little creeped out, but it was not because of what any person said or did. It was more just because of the weird vibe I have about Scientology to begin with. And I got the sense that Aaron truly believes in Scientology. He mentioned that his parents were Scientologists, he was raised in this church, And I felt bad for him, because I truly do believe Scientology is a cult, and it's definitely unfortunate that thousands of people are still in this church actively contributing to something that I considered to be dangerous. At one point, Aaron and I talked a little bit about the supposed aliens in Scientology, and he said, well, yeah, some people believe that and some people don't. It's like anything else. Some people believe in aliens and any other religion, some people don't. Which was a really solid answer, but also, aliens are straight up, they're a part of Scientology's scripture and the history of the world, according to them. So I wonder if he's just not, if he just hasn't reached the level where you learn about that, but I'm not sure. Regardless, Aaron seemed genuine. And I think that bothered me a little bit more than if he had seemed like a snake oil salesman who was just trying to con me. He, I think, it's sad that he will probably live the rest of his life in this church. And that's a bit of a downer. But, hey, if you're listening to this, you're probably not a Scientologist. And that means we're not in this dangerous cult. So good for us. Whoa. Anyway, next week, my other program, Jordan World Presents, will be back on Light Switch. And this show will be back in about a month. I'm not sure exactly. I do, and you believe that, once a month. And I promise, I promise you, that for my next show, I will get another full interview for that. I, I'm not going to just talk at you for half an hour again, even though I think this was fun. I enjoyed it. I'll, I'll listen to this, I'd subscribe but yes, thank you so much for listening and please check out some of the other shows on the Light Switch Podcast Network we have a bunch of shows I'm really proud of all of them it would mean a lot to me if you would like our Facebook page which is Light Switch Podcast Network follow us on Twitter at Light Pod. and check out our podcast on Light Podcast Network.com All of these podcasts are, in fact, coming to iTunes in the near future, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jordan Mould, and this has been a thing that you just listened to. Thanks a lot.